Welcome to How I Got Here, hosted by seasoned educator Jeremy Proper. This is a podcast of conversations with his former students discussing their journey from middle school to where they are today. Guests highlight their successes and the life lessons learned along the way. And now let's welcome the host, Jeremy Proper. Welcome to How I Got Here with Mr. Proper. I will be talking to former students who will tell their story of their personal journey from Mr. Proper's class to where they are now. Everyone has a different path to get to where they are now, and the path may just be the beginning to where they actually want to be. In these podcasts, I hope to tap into the journeys that my former students have taken, for them to share their experiences with my current students, and for that matter, anyone else who is interested in seeing how hard work in and out of the classroom actually pays off. So today, let me welcome my guest, Rachel Tumata. Hello, Rachel. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. And I have to go back to what we discussed earlier, that Rachel did a wonderful thing for me. And she opened my eyes to the fact that the main part where it says how hard work in and out of the classroom actually pays off. So Rachel's going to tell us what she does and, and where she is right now. So Rachel, why don't you take about five minutes or as much time as you want to tell my current students what you're currently doing now with your life? Well, right now I'm uh, professionally known as Miss Mata. I'm a DJ at Club Space in Miami. Um, I, I'm a resident DJ there, so I play every week. I open up for like the, the biggest DJs in the world that we book. Uh, I open or close, and um, yeah, that's been my life for like the past uh, 11 years that I've been playing. And um, I also work for the company as uh, head of logistics. So I'm off the decks, off the DJ equipment. I'm also like working behind the scenes, talking with agents, uh, talking with artist liaisons, and um, I'm very uh, involved. Uh, in the back end of things as well. So yeah, that's pretty much my life. So right you're now. getting and a taste of the whole business. You're going exactly the, front the end. music business. Yeah. Yeah. You're really doing the whole music business. You're the performer as well as promoting as well as are you, do you do any, um, uh, what is the word? I can't think of it. Uh, like the, the people who do the, the bills to let people know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I do the lineups as well. I, I do the scheduling like with the other residents because it's not just me. There's other resident DJs and there's like a rotation. So, yeah, I handle all of that. That's basically. awesome. See, yeah. this is the aspect of things that I think people don't understand. It's not just Miss Mata shows up, her turntable's ready, she spins yeah. her discs, she's out. Right. It's a whole other world. Now, is this because of your personal want to do, or is this because you want to learn about the whole industry? Like, what caused this to happen? Well, I, the way that that happened, uh, the company that I work for, it, it's called Lake Miami Rebels. And uh, my boss at the time needed help. Like, he booked, like, he uh, brought me in as a resident DJ, and that's all I was doing. But then he needed help on the back end, and I'm very organized. And he asked me to be his assistant. So from there, I was working very closely with him. 
and also I needed the money too. So yes, of course, of that it. always helps when so, you're young and you need yeah, money. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and when I was DJing, like it was like a hundred bucks, and it wasn't enough to pay the bills or whatever. Oh. So, um, this was like supplement income, and also like I was getting you know more involved in the back end, and like, uh, yeah. So that's it's how almost, it started. It's almost on the job training. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I didn't know anything about writing emails properly or like, you know, like I didn't writing know anything. Writing a proper email. No way. I literally just like went over business, that the other day. <laughs> yeah. Like write like, you know, business emails or like how to CC people or like copy people like that. It was very new to me. And um, yeah, I, I think in that aspect, like my boss, like threw me, the, threw me in there in the lion's den. And I came to learn a lot from that experience. That's I amazing. still am now. We always do. And when we want to get better, it's always a learning process. So if you could just go back for a second and tell the maturation of, so middle school, we know you went to South Miami Community Middle School. And to this day, I still pronounce it wrong. Sometimes I say South Miami Middle School. I don't know. Anyway. um, (laughs) So I think that's how you say it. Where did you wind up going to high school? I went to Sunset. Sunset. Okay. Because that's right by my house. and um, Right by your house. Yeah. So you weren't into like at this point you didn't want to go to what's what's the artsy fartsy high school in Miami? Uh, man, I work right next to it, New World. New World, that's it. New New World School of the Arts. So yeah, at this point, I literally I look at the the poster like I'm a lawful. Yeah, I look at the poster every day. Oh my god, it's that's on the funny. side of the wall. <laughs> but at this point, going from middle school to high school, music was not there yet or you just weren't pursuing it in the way that you do it now like this wasn't um, like career goal eighth grade gotta do this right no it was definitely something I was always interested in like even in elementary school um I got into electronic music from my neighbor who's a lot older than me and she exposed me to um electronic music and at the time like power 96 was playing like break beats and like trance and all this stuff yeah and um and uh, she told me like, oh, don't listen to that. Listen to this. So she. So that was me. your influence. Yeah, absolutely. That was my influence into electronic music. I remember Daft Punk was playing on the radio. Oh yeah. And like, Definitely. and I was like, oh, that this is amazing. She's like, yeah, that's no. good, but this is better. <laughs> right, right. So she was your own personal guru. She was your right. own personal Sherpa guide who was showing right. she you. She was the window. She was the door that opened everything yes. to me. You know? This is the way to go. Right. We all had that. Exactly. Right. Like I, I know for music for myself, I have to shout out to my brother because my brother was always into music that I had no idea what it was. And then all of a sudden it was like, I couldn't live my life without listening to this. We all have that person, you know? Oh, Absolutely. You have this neighbor who's showing you this. So high school, you're mostly then focused on what? Are you just educationally bound at this point? Or are we still like, hmm, maybe this music thing is for me? Are you listening and performing or just listening? No, just listening. At the time, like, I was really big into, you know, like, these DJs. And then I went to Ultra for the first time, like, when I was 16. That's back then when it was, like, 50 bucks and it was, like, a one day. Yeah. Now it's like it's it's uh it's like a payment plan and it's like a thousand dollars for like three days. Yeah, <laughs> like it's intense. It's it's a um, lot. It's a lot. It's, yeah, it's all day, all night, and it's just band after band after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, actually, my first time going, they had actual bands. Like they had the Killers, they had Hot Hot Heat, 
Um, right. It wasn't just DJs, which is what it is like now. It's it's only DJs. Okay. Um, so in the beginning, had, it was live music. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. They, they, it, it was a mix of everything. And I think, uh, I mean, the culture of it was like a lot different back then as well. Oh, I'm but, sure. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I was just listening to the music and I was like, it was just definitely a hobby at the time. But um, back in the back of my mind, I like, I was always curious and uh, my friends were DJs as well. And I was always like, like, oh, maybe I can you know, try it one day. But I think the fear of like playing in front of people was like kind of like it kind of stopped scary. me. No, yeah. it stopped me from like taking the next step and actually doing it. But then as soon as I like started practicing, like when I got into college, I was like, okay, this is not so bad. So and that's high when school, I started out. So would you say high school is when you started dabbling in it? Um, I would or say the end of high school and the beginning of college. Oh, okay. So later. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I remember um, the, a lot of kids in South Miami because we were a magnet program that they were way into music and I would let kids come in the morning and play and practice in my classroom. And yeah, so it took a while. Wow, that's interesting. So right, not yeah. everything comes to people immediately. It took a while. No, yeah, I, def I think definitely the fear is what like, like I, uh, ironically enough, I have stage fright. <laughs> We all do. <laughs> but stage fright to the point, like, I can't speak in a room full of people. But if I'm oh, wow. playing music, then it's totally fine. I got suckered into at my current school. They did one of the assistant principals wanted to have put together a band. And I was not very good guitar player at the time. Not that I'm much better now, but same thing. I, I was like, OK, no problem. We'll do it. And then we're practicing, you know, once or twice a week. And then it gets closer and closer and closer. And my first performance was in front of almost 2,000 people. Whoa. Yeah. And That's we were crazy. Yeah. We were in like a storage closet getting ready, and there was nobody in the gym. And then when it's finally our turn to come out, because it was a total surprise, they had no idea that we were doing this. All of a sudden, I walk out with my guitar on with the other performers that were going to play, and I'm like, there's like almost 2,000 people here. Like, there was no time. Like, the freak out was like, holy moly. So, yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm in it now. I got to do it. Right. And it wasn't just like there was 25, 35 people. I, I couldn't believe it. But I totally understand the feeling that you get, the endorphins going and everything. Right. It's just amazing. And then it's all over so quick. And you're like, yeah, whoa, whoa, absolutely. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it, it, that's amazing. So, okay, so you get into this in high school. Right. And then is college when it really starts to come all together? Yeah. That's when uh, I got really into it. And then uh, when I was going to school at UCF in Orlando, uh, they had a really small like scene. And they had these uh, Monday nights, actually, called, at Sweet Bee. And they were playing house music, the music that I liked, because there wasn't like really a, a house music scene up there at right. the time. But that was it. And it was a close-knit like group of people. And then I got sure. close yeah, so it was like a family reunion, like every week when I started going for like <laughs> nice. two months, and you know you see all your friends there, and like it, it, it became very uh, familial almost, like yeah, like a you know, and like close I really bond, yeah, sure, yeah, exactly, and I really loved how close knit it was at the time, and that's what, like, I guess propelled me more into the music. And um, that community is like was was so warm to me, you know, like being away from Miami, like I didn't know anybody. Right. And um, yeah, 
And I, so that was I, I exposed my friends to it too. Like oh, nice. Time, you know, they were into only into hip hop. And like, I would be like, no, like, come with me. Like, I want to show you something really cool. You got to listen to this. This will yeah, blow Yeah. That's amazing. So you found a second family away at home. I think a lot of us do that in college, especially if you go away, away from home. If you're more than Absolutely. like four or five hours away from home, you have your college fam and they're yeah. the ones that help you through the bad times and you find things that you're into, whether it's sports or music or whatever it is. Right. And that's amazing. So then, okay, so here you are. Now, is your trajectory changing? Like, does, does it have anything to do with your uh, academics? Like, are you starting to move more towards a business mindset going, all right, if this is something I want to do, I kind of have to know how this side works. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't really have res like real representation. Like, I don't have a manager, really. I'm my own manager wow. and everything. And I think me being my boss's assistant has helped me like manage my myself, which in the end is like probably the best thing. But obviously, like I, you know, I'm not an agent that can promote myself in the way that like a manager or an agent can. But you but probably I think, understand the business a bit better than your average DJ. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I'm not clueless. And then <laughs> right. you know, like and, they like, love to take advantage of that. And, absolutely. And then like I know a shark when I could see a shark. Like I'm nice. I'm very, you know, you're well like, I'm very aware. You're I'm very aware prepared. and you're well prepared. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So That's amazing. you know. Wow. So you're you're learning all aspects of this business, not just you know, to spin and it's, it's over. You're, 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 you're like the whole package. You're doing right. everything yourself. That's right. Amazing. I'm a, I, 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 I say this thing all the time where I'm like, I'm a jack of all trades. Master nice. none. <laughs> That's that. Yeah. That is a very old saying. And we all do that. Exactly. I yeah. can do a lot of little things, but I can't master anything. Right. So you had mentioned again that you were inspired by this neighbor. So now when you get to college and you got your college fam, was there an, another aha inspirational moment that may have happened in college that says, all right, you know what? Okay, how about this? How did we go from college to now the, the Miami scene? Like, how was that transition? I well, guess I'm asking. I mean, this is, I mean, part of my journey was like, not, not really scholastic. Like I, you know, I, I did well in school, but it, I just felt like it wasn't for me personally. Right. But um, I was really passionate about the music at the time. And honestly, like I would, um, the scene in Miami is a lot bigger, was a lot bigger than in Orlando. And like they were booking, like uh, the clubs that I was going to were booking like the DJs I wanted to see. So every other weekend I would drive down to Miami. Any chance that I could, I would come down to Miami just to see certain DJs at a certain club. And um so you actually spent more time now going back and forth home than absolutely the, the drive the drive was like nothing to me now like i would look at it and be like horrified at why like i did that right why did you i know? do that why did i subject yeah. it's simple you were young yeah. <laughs> i was yeah exactly like now that i'm older i'm kind of like man i'm gonna just take a flight like why did i drive like exactly i can get four on hours why didn't someone tell me that <laughs> yeah i mean you know that's and amazing. like, oh, it's like, it's $40 this way, $40 back. Like, it'll be fine. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. also, though, when you're a college kid, $40 is a lot of money, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So now as an adult, you're like, man, all right, I'd rather get on the plane. No, it's like convenience. Minutes. Yeah, convenience, convenience outweighs price. 100%. As you get older, that's, <laughs> that's, that's definitely, yeah, it's worth it. So, so you um, found yourself 
going down to Miami very frequently. So then the transition went from, okay, I I got what I, what I need from college. Like, are you kind of, I guess the music version of, I don't know, Mark Zuckerberg or um, any of the other high tech Titans who basically went to college to get what they needed. They got what they needed and then they moved in the direction to where they wanted to go. Right. I think it, I mean, obviously like i mean my mom paid a lot of money for college so i wish that i like had this aha moment like earlier but i think if it wasn't for me leaving miami like my brother has said to me before the world is bigger than miami for me to go to college um and what did that quote mean since your brother was the one that said it um it you know he told me to get out of my comfort zone you know to like, you know, leave everything behind because I wanted to stay in Miami to be with my friends at FIU. And I was fighting with my mom about going away for college. Like I didn't want to do it. I didn't know anybody. And I was honestly, I was afraid. And I think that what my brother told me, like the world is bigger than Miami was like a huge catalyst for me to grow as a person. And um, I'm super thankful for those words. And it stays with me to this day. And as, um, as I love to tell my students, uh, you know, when the teacher is ready, the student, uh, sorry, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I can't say it yeah. myself. Uh, and just happened to be your teacher was your brother. And he said something to you that you needed to hear at that time. Absolutely. And then you went and did this new journey, which led you, strangely enough, back to Miami. But you needed to do that before you could come back to do this. Absolutely. What made me what propelled me into becoming a DJ was that my friends were also DJing as well. And they were like, mm. you know, you have great musical taste. Like, why don't you try playing? You could play at my house. Like, and the you know, encouragement was there and that's yeah. huge. huge. Your friends yeah. are on your side going, Hey, you already like this stuff. Why don't you try to put it all together? That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And you hit on it is the question that I always ask about that aha moment where you were like, you said, I wish I had that aha moment at that time. So what was your aha moment where you went, okay, um, it's not going to be highly prized by my parents, but (laughs) I'm going to go pursue this. Right. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, it was challenging for me. Like, it was an internal conflict because I, you know, I come from a Filipino background where education is like, you know. Number one, king. Exactly education is the most important thing. And uh, yeah, for me, it was like disappointing my family because I was pursuing, pursuing music, you know, like pursuing this. It almost sounds like every uh, show on TV that features Asian people and that's it. It's like, you've let the family down. Kind of like like an Italian family. How could you let the family down? (laughs) Yeah. And that's it, because in in Judaism, education is king. Uh, my wife's family, their Cuban education is so important, right. and in in most they are. But here you are pursuing your dreams, but trying to tell mom, this is my dream. Yeah, education really isn't. Wow. Right. No, and like it took a while for her to understand. Obviously, like now she's okay with it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, but, now because you know, you're actually feeding yourself and housing right, yourself. Exactly. Not she living in your mom's proverbial yeah. basement. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I'm the youngest of three. So, my mom has always been worried about me. And I'm also like, I guess I'm considered the black sheep. Well, doing I, what I, you do, that's not the yeah, normal chain of events. Yeah. Right. So, like, I'm, I'm a college dropout still, but 
when my mom started to see that I was super passionate about this, that I was willing to go in the trenches, being broke and doing this Do on the hard my work, own. Put in the time. Yes, exactly. She well, she she appreciated it and like started to acknowledge like okay like if you're able to take care of yourself and if this is what you want to do then fine. That's the um, I think that's the roughest thing, is yeah. once you can convince the actual fam, your actual parents, your your yeah. you know your friends are always going to be on your side and they're going to say yay go do it no matter what because they're right. your friends. But getting your parents to finally buy into that and go all right she's making something of herself and it's actually happening. But I'm sure that had to be a huge weight on your shoulders, knowing how important Absolutely. education is culturally. And you, 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 I wanted to ask, is your mom a native Filipino? Was she born in the Philippines? Yeah, she was born in the Philippines. And uh, yeah, she, she grew up poor. Um, she has like, she's actually a twin. There's like three sets of twins in, in her family. Oh my so God. There's, she has like 11 brothers and sisters, you know, like. And in, in the Philippines, it's a, it's a third world country, you know. Right, so, right. It's it's more difficult than here. So yeah, exactly. So and they're all nurses. Like that's our number one export in the Philippines. Like oh wow, all, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I mean it's a it's a running joke because like all the RNs they come from the Philippines and they come to the United States. And my mom was one of them. And she was and one my of them. aunt. Yeah, right. and my aunt and my cousins. And oh my gosh, it, it's literally like the family business. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so yeah. So for um, her, it was a little difficult to see her baby, literally her youngest, say, education, not interested. I want to do this. And she's like, but what is this? And how can you even make money doing this? Right. And then eventually you were able to say, but mom, I'm actually really good at it. And I can pay my bills and we're moving in the right direction. Right. Yeah. And I think That's when awesome. I started paying off my loans by myself, she was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wait, this burden is not on me anymore. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. She's like, all right, fine. Do whatever you want. <laughs> That's well, we all need that. You know, we right. all need to understand that. And that, that was me too. When I finally was moved to Arizona and met my wife and started teaching, it was the same thing. You're paying for yourself. All right, well, let's see where this goes. Right. So if Rachel could go back and tell her seventh grade self some advice to maybe make her life a little bit easier, what would you say? Um, I would say to myself, don't be afraid to be your authentic self. Don't try to fit in. It's okay to be unapologetically yourself. Um, I had like an identity crisis when I was younger, you know, like growing up in Miami, everybody is Hispanic, Latin. Yes. Um, <laughs> I learned so that moving th there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like growing up, all my friends were like from Nicaragua, Peru, Colombia, Cuba. Yeah. Yeah, right. Cuban, Panama, like everywhere. Right. Everywhere. So yeah. everywhere they speak Spanish. Yeah, right. right, exactly. And even though the Philippines was a Spanish colony, like, you know, they have a long a, time ago. Right. Yeah, a long time ago. But it's not the same, obviously, in Miami. And I didn't have any like Filipino community that was outside of my immediate family. Right. You know what I mean? Like my second sure. cousins, like I would see them all the time, but they were the only Filipinos that I it. ever knew. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's not like it's not like in New York where there's Chinatown and there's exactly. no Filipino town that you can just yeah, be like, there, all right, exactly. I can go it's have not, the, the food and the clothes and the, the heritage. It, it just didn't exist. Exactly. It's not like California either, where there's like a ton of Filipinos right, and right. it's like now, nothing. Right. And I was going to say, being Jewish, moving to Miami, it's like, oi, what are you talking about? They're Jews yeah, everywhere. Like, that wasn't a problem, you know? Yeah. And, and again, these are things that, that we just don't understand unless they happen to us. And that's why I appreciate you talking about these things. And then my question was, how about being a female Filipino DJ? Did you, did you have some hurdles with that? Did that 
kind of hinder maybe some things because people are like, what's this all about? Or is well, the DJ world a little bit more accepting than maybe the rest of the world? I think now it's a lot more accepting, but back then, like the mu- this music business is a male-dominated domi- industry. Yes. Um, and you you hear about this like going in and like you, I mean, I read about it all the time, but it like at the time I was like pretty much the only female DJ that was in town that was like playing regularly. Wow. Like a lot of them were were guys pretty much. And um, I stood out. It was actually an advantage for me at the time because, uh, you know, I was up and coming and I was the only girl DJing. So there was a lot of interest because of that. Wow. Um, so, so you actually carved your own niche, as it were, because you were a female in a male-dominated field, and all of a sudden, maybe for your luck, it started to change where people are like, you know what? I want to see a female DJ. I, I think that would be a good idea. And you maybe yeah. just were riding the precipice wave right into that, and it was right place at right time. Absolutely, yeah. And now, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of girls playing now, which is like crazy to me because 11 years ago i didn't have that it was you <laughs> yeah it was just me and like being the only local i mean there were big famous djs that were female but right right, you know, right. but locally, not local right yeah but not locally you know like, it's just dude after dude after dude yeah, and then exactly. all of a sudden the there's guys, miss mata yeah. like whoa. yeah exactly wow so and yeah it was a huge advantage for me when i started out so like right place right time exactly that's awesome and i wanted to ask you if you wouldn't mind explaining to the audience where did your name come from? I know it's part of your last name, but how did it evolve into what it is? I mean, I had different variations of DJ names. Um, and it, I just settled on, I settled on Mata, but then there's another DJ that I really admire. Her name is Magda. So uh-huh. I did it, like our names are too similar. So I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to put MS dot in front of it. So that's how Miss Mata came to be. Oh, that's awesome. I, I thank you for telling me. I had no yeah. idea. What then in DJing would you say was your most challenging experience? And how did you overcome that? And did that also, last part, do you really feel like maybe that made you a better person for that challenge that you had to overcome? When I started out i mean being a female and asian dj obviously was a huge advantage but it was also like uh a disadvantage to the point where like i kind of wasn't taken too seriously in the beginning as well like there's two different sides to it like i got the attention but then when the attention came a lot of people were like oh like you know she's only getting attention because she's a girl you know right and so, that seems to be the story for a lot of women. Like they're, they're trying to blaze the trail there on whatever the scene is because dudes dominate and then women come and it's like, oh, look, it's the novelty. It's a girl. And then, all yeah, of a sudden, like, like it's like as if we have to prove ourselves even more. But I, you know, I'm just here because I like the music and I want to play the music. Like it's, it's nothing like I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. And was there, there a moment where you realized that perhaps you, being the trailblazer opened up the door for other women to do what you do? Um, I mean, I hope so. I mean, I know like a, a lot younger, like DJs, female DJs now, like some would come up to me saying like, oh, I used to, you know, I, I look up to you so much. Like I remember like watching you play like on, you know, like I have my recorded sets on YouTube as well. Yes, And they'll tell me that they, they saw my set there and that like kind of inspired them to, to try it out. And, you know, they're, they're playing 
regularly, you know, but you know, it it definitely isn't only me. I think, uh, I'm just part of the, the, you know, part of the entire thing. Um, this new wave of female taking over the DJ world. Yes. And I'm just thankful to be part of that, you know, and, and I'm thankful for, for every like person that has come up to me saying that That's because great. it's not easy. And yeah. like, I wish I had that, one go, you know, going into it. I didn't really have that going into mm. it. So. so you're blazing the trail and now you're, you're reaping the benefits of other young women coming to say, hey, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have done this. Right. My, absolutely. my question is basically on ignorance. Is this an expensive thing to get into? <laughs> It can be, um, you know, purchasing your own equipment and then like practicing, um, which by the way, like when I started like getting into it, I was, I didn't have my own equipment at the time, but I would go to guitar center and Mm -hmm. practice on the equipment that they have there. They have like, uh, testers. Yes. Testing setup area. Yes. And it's connected to speakers. And like, I would just go in with my CDs like every other day and like play music and they wouldn't say anything to me. They would just let me play for hours. That's incredible. Um, so and you so know, it's really you got funny your own because, fan base at, at Guitar Center. That's amazing. No, it's it's really <laughs> funny because somebody had messaged me. Um, I forget if it was on Facebook or like on Instagram. They were like, "Hey, I used to work at Guitar Center. No, um, I used to listen to you all the time, and I'm really happy to see your growth." Oh, that's um, I hear amazing. And they're like, "Oh, we hear these other DJs playing, and they're not as good as you." <laughs> oh my God! Now, is that the Guitar Center that's next to Michael's? Is that that's like the one in South Miami? Yeah, the one in yeah. Miami. I love Kendall. that one. I've been there so many times. That place is great. Yeah. That is an amazing story that you used to really go practice there and no one was like, hey, no, kid, yeah. get out of here. Yeah, so, I mean, it is expensive uh, getting into it. Um, obviously, you need to practice and, like, you know, harness your craft and master your craft. Um, music selection is part of it, yes. uh, which can be expensive as well because, you know, every single song is, like, a $1.50, $2, and right. that racks up, you know, it's, there are days where I spend like fifty, a hundred dollars on music on one day alone. So oh my gosh, so that really yeah. can add up if you're doing that on the regular. Oh my god, absolutely, yeah. Didn't absolutely. even realize that. Yeah, because you have to buy it. You 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 have to own it to be able to use yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So w- with all of this time that you just said that you were putting into this craft, when was there Rachel me time? Like, how did you say, all right, I've been practicing. I, I need. I just need a break. Like, how did you work in relaxation time or maybe spinning on your own and, and just having fun is your relaxation time? How did you go about it? Um, my relaxation is, I mean, that's basically what it was. Like, I mean, I, I was doing what I, when I was practicing, I was doing what I loved. So it didn't feel like work to me. Um, and that's the most amazing thing about it. Like it's, it doesn't feel like it's actual work. Yeah, right. I'm tired. I can be exhausted, but doing what you love, it, you know, what I don't know old, anything. What is, what's that old saying that like parents always say to their kids, you know, uh, find something you love to do as a job and you'll never work another day in your life or whatever. Exactly. exactly. And you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like for me, like going to college was work. That right. was work for me. So doing this was like, wow, like, yeah, it's work, but. I love doing this. So, and the the reward is amazing. And yeah, exactly. Which doesn't happen to everybody. The, the music no. business can be treacherous. Yes, yes. I I interviewed someone the other day who uh, actually went to South Miami, and she's an actress in California. And um, 
Do you remember Jessica Favre? Yeah, I do actually. Wow. I haven't heard that name in a really long time. I'm sure you haven't. And I interviewed her and she was talking about that as well and talking about how LA just chew you up, spit you out and next. And I was like, wow, you know, like I've heard the story before, but not from anyone I actually know. <laughs> so it, it's, it's interesting. You know, again, it goes back to the original premise of this. We all have our own journey. We all have our own path. And sometimes there's you know, a guided path. Sometimes there's bumps in the road. Sometimes there's no path at all. And you just have to figure it out as you go. And it just seems like you were literally right place at right time, but you didn't give up and you didn't say, Hey, I'm, I'm the only girl doing this. And you turned a potential negative into a total positive. Like, yeah, I'm the only girl that does this. And you need me to do this because it's all dudes. <laughs> and how about a girl perspective? And that that's amazing. And like you said, having other girls come up to you and say, Hey, I heard you. And this was influential. That's that right. in itself is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think, I think of the dynamic of like, you know, cause when I was growing up, like when I was a kid, like girls were like playing with dollhouses and stuff. And right. meanwhile, I was like messing around with technology. Like my CD player would break. So I'd break it open and then, you know, put it back together and it would work. Wow. So I think being, so you were really, techie back then too that's incredible. yeah exactly so i think that dynamic was made it like easier for me to go into djing like because it it's very technical yes so i think that interest as well like hmm. propelled me even more so in that direction because it was just kind of like okay like there's buttons be, and <laughs> faders so that, i could do it that may be maybe the detriment to people that most people equate techiness with guys for some reason as inappropriate as that may be but you know it's like a bunch of girls didn't start facebook because they weren't told hey you guys could do this and that's what i tell my my current female students all the time you do understand that there's an easier path for you to become an engineer than a guy because of the scholarships but they're not necessarily pushed in that way and girls just recently are being able to do so so maybe right. they didn't get into it because they didn't know or were shy or interested in the techie aspect of it. Yeah, right. that's it. And then once girls realize, well, wait a second, this isn't that hard, you know, I, I with time and effort. And then look at the outcome of, of what I can make and what I can do. That's right, exactly. Wow, that's really interesting. So is there anything that you learned about middle school as you progressed and you got older where you were like wow i really wish i knew that back then i just wish that you know i if i could tell myself you know back then like I, it's okay to be different right you know like in i honestly like my whole identity crisis was like during middle school and like i had episodes and stuff like that so being different was like hard for me growing up and i think i embrace that so much more now and i think i feel so much freer embracing who i am and um i think yeah pretty much that um, yeah i i agree i think that we all see ourselves as the different i always looked at myself as an oddball and an outcast you know pale skin red hair green eyes tall freckles like i joke with the kids now you know that's exactly what the ladies wanted when i was in middle school and high school <laughs> and I, I it's funny one of my uh, former uh, colleagues who left the well he wasn't a teacher he was a technology guy at the school and he comes up to me and he's like proper you've been married a long time i'm like yes i have 
He's like, how did you realize that the woman was the right person for you? And I said, well, for me, it was pretty simple. There was something about me as a kid I hated. I always had such rosy skin and it drove me nuts. Like around my nose, it always looked like I, I had a cold. You know, that redness you get when yeah. you're blowing your nose. Well, my wife one day turns to me and she goes, you know, one of my favorite things about you is your rosy complexion. And I was like, sold. Wow. Winner, winner, chicken <laughs> dinner. And he's like, what do you, he goes, what do you mean? I go, I found someone who was in love with me for the thing that I hated the most about myself growing up. How could this exactly. be a bad person? And, yeah. you know, 21 years later, apparently 22 years later, it's still working out. You know, I don't even yeah. know. So um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And, and I guess when it's yourself, that's probably the hardest thing to do because it's easier to accept someone else than it is to accept yourself. Absolutely. And I think I that's th the most important thing. Yeah. Once you accept yourself, it seems like everything else seems to just fall into place and get so much better. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I think that reassurance definitely helps. Like. But you don't see, like, you're your own worst critic. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. We all are. No matter how yeah. good you are, you stink. No matter how, whatever, you're always like, oh, this could have been better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, me, people are super duper happy. You know, I'm sure after shows, you get people, you know, giving you the old pat on the back verbally or even real. And you're like thinking to yourself, ah, oh, man, I did blah, blah, blah during, blah. I don't know your industry, so I can't say a mistake. But you know what I'm saying. And you're just thinking right. about that one thing. Meanwhile, everyone's telling you how great you were. And you're like, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm so upset. Yeah. I, I can be so obsessed over like a minor mistake that nobody even noticed. So yeah, definitely. But Miss Mata did. <laughs> Listen, I've stopped like, uh, so I've stopped the music playing by accident in front of a crowd of people oh my more God. times than I can count. Oh and it's a, it's a really prominent mistake. So yeah, like in, in massive clubs too. So oh my God, that's gotta be anybody, so embarrassing and hectic. If anybody can, if anybody can mess up, like it's going to happen, even if doing something you love, you're going to mess up. And I think that's a part of growth. Like it's, you know, you accept it and you move on accepting and moving on is part of it. That's amazing. I, I love that part of personal growth is accepting and moving on. Yeah. fact that you would come on and, and spend this time talking to me to help students, to help me, to help, you know, anyone and to tell yeah. your story. Because again, your story is such a unique story. You, you hit on so many of the unique categories and so many people I think will, will be like, holy crap, if that girl can do it for that, maybe, maybe it's not, they, they don't want to be a DJ, but if that girl can do it, I could do my thing. And right. that's, kind of what this is all about, you know, Absolutely. trying to in, influence people to say, Hey kid, you know, you can do it, but you got to put in the work. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. I, you, you don't have to be traditional in the way that, you know, scholastic wise or like whatever education nope. wise. And, and again, thank you so much for pointing that out to me because that's the whole premise of the title in the pa opening paragraph, like everyone's right. journey to get there. And at first it was all educational. And then you were like, well, mine really, everyone's story Which is, is different. Yeah, you don't have to be the straight A student that goes to, you know, like the one girl who played division one golf. And now she has a full scholarship to go to University of Florida to become a lawyer or her sister who's getting her Ph.D. at McGill University in Canada. You know, it doesn't all have to be educationally driven. You know, I have so many other students who've done so many other things that were not educationally bound, but you still had to be driven. The drive Absolutely. is still there. It doesn't matter exactly. if it's school or other. Exactly. You, it's the driven part. Yes. And you pointed that out and, and I can't thank you enough for doing so. No problem.
I mean, I had a feeling like, like when you had asked me, I'm like, well, you know, like I, you know, my path wasn't educational. So I don't and know. And I needed what, to know that I, yeah. I because th that was the original intent when I started it. But right. I realized through talking to you was, wait, read your own paragraph, dummy. Like the opening, the opening thing that says, where is it? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I write it. Everyone has a different path to where they are now. And that path made just the beginning to where they actually want to be. And I wrote that. That's Those are my words. And right. I didn't realize that until you mentioned it to me in your kind response to your email. And I was like, yeah, but that's that's what this was supposed to be. Like I needed, it was almost like I needed to be grounded and brought back into my own reality. And you did. Right. And right. I thank you. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I wanted to thank you so much for today, for doing my podcast, coming on, and telling me about yourself and it's it's amazing the things that you have and will accomplish and i look forward to seeing what the future has for miss mata which seems to be infinite it seems to be anything that whatever rachel wants to turn it into especially now that you're like forget the dual the triple the quadruple threat you're, you're everything you're you're learning the business you're performing you're contractual you're you're everything and that that in itself just says that, you know, you're so eager and your willingness to be successful, you're not going to stop until you get to what it is that you want. Yeah. And I think the, the, the biggest thing about it is just having the passion that I do. Like, even if I'm going to fail a couple of times, which I did, you know, in, in the first couple of years, um, the determination is, is what makes a difference. Like, you know, you get back up and, get on the saddle dust yourself you off and get back yeah. on the horse and try again and that's what it's all exactly. about that's yeah amazing that is amazing so again thank you so much for being on my podcast i greatly appreciate it well thank you for having me no problem thank you for listening to how i got here podcast with mr proper music provided by miss mata Thank you to Patty Fernandez for the introduction. Thank you to Seth Proper for logistics and behind-the-scenes production. Join us next time for another episode of How I Got Here and more stories of former students and their journey.